You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. I'm Kyler Bingham, and you're listening to the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. Today on the show, we have Jeff Seal, who is uh, the, the comedian director behind the docu-comedy web series, New York's Worst Landlords. Uh, in, in the web series, they go around, um, we have the New York City's Advocates Annual Worst Landlords Watch List, and Jeff goes around and um, does a pretty hilarious but also educational approach to some of these horrible, horrible situations that people are living in. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I got to say, so I, I watched it. I loved it. It was it was hilarious. And uh, it brought me back about 12 years to a very similar type situation that I was living in here in Salt Lake City. And I was just uh, the tactics that were used. It was exactly the same thing. So uh, really? Yeah. So like just like um, we we lived in this really old building in downtown Salt Lake. And, okay. and what happened was. Uh, about a year in someone else bought it and it was this guy an llc right yep comes in and um they were just constantly doing construction but like nothing looked like anything was getting done it was just and it was all hours uh they and you know it gets really cold here and so they were controlling the heat and wow. what i should say was that they were just turning it off really were they and, were they trying to like force you out I, you know, I got, I don't think so much with us, but there was a lot of like older people and um, okay. some, you know, mentally ill people who were living there. That was like, you know, they, it was a safe place. They didn't cause any problems. Right. He, he was pushing out like this old woman who was a, a Russian immigrant. Couldn't speak really? English. Um, just awful stuff. So we finally yeah. were like, we're out of here. And okay. they, were, they were walking into our apartment, you know really with that yeah so i'll, I'll wrap it up because i want to talk about your show but the last okay. the, the final straw was right um i'm like we're out of here so i yeah. sent in a certified letter um you know telling like giving my full notice blah 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 right the letter was never received and i finally go down to where it was and it was exactly the same thing but like a post the PO, p.o box yeah so anyway yeah I, I feel those people's pain and Right. It was much more of an extreme situation, your docuseries. So I guess I should ask how right. did you get the idea for doing this particular web series? So it, so the, the two guys I made it with, Nick and Chris Libby, um, they, they, we had been working on some other videos together and they brought up, I actually didn't know about that exact list. There's a few different places that do lists, um, but I didn't. I wasn't familiar with that one. And, but they brought it up to me, and they were like, because we were talking about stuff to make, and they were like, um, "Would you want to do something on this?" And I was like, "Definitely." Um, so I mean, yeah, it's like anyone living in a city anywhere has some sort of like nightmare story, you know. Um, but and also for me, it's like. Um, you know, it's like New York, like so many other cities, it's just, it gets, everything gets more expensive, but like, you know, it's heartbreaking every day. You see like, a, um, you know, a 
like a, a store go out of business, people getting forced out, you know, um, it's just, it's unaffordable for everyone other than like, you know, the most wealthy or whatever. So uh, I was definitely, that the list was a good entry point into exploring all of those issues. Um, yeah. Yeah. So is my connection. Okay. By the way, I just give me one second on my end. I'm going to move something. I'm wondering. You sound fine. I saw you freeze. I don't know. I, cause I just moved into a new place myself and I like set up my internet last night. I think it's me because I got a, I got a notice that said unstable internet, but I just moved some stuff. I think we're, I think we're good to go now. But it's funny, like, so, so before I just moved in a few days ago, kind of, or it's, I've been moving stuff slowly, but, um, uh, before here I lived in, um, uh, we built a theater space in, in, in Brooklyn. And so I'd been living there for eight years. I had like four roommates. And before that I lived with a bunch of people in a, in a, in a loft space where we would have shows and stuff. Um, but I, my friends, I, my friends lived where I just moved in, in the city in Chinatown, and they were here for 10 years and they moved to a new place. And they, you know, put it up on Facebook, like if anyone wants it and it's, and it's actually a rent stabilized unit. So I hopped on it, but I also like part of me, like uh, kind of wanted to, to sign a lease somewhere before the video comes out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm sure, like, I think most places just do a credit check and, you know, check your A stubs and all that stuff. But I was just like, I don't know, what if they Google me? And they're just like, <laughs> this guy did a video on, like, the worst landlords. So I was like, I got to jump on this because it was, it was, I really wanted to live here. But I also was like, I don't know, you know, people out here, you, you there's the, like, you know, the the tenant, the the tenant list that they put bad tenants on and stuff. So I was like, I just hopped on it. But, um, uh yeah i mean it's uh the doing the video though we learned a lot you know about the sort of like um laws and the loopholes and the things that um you know landlords do to sort of force out uh tenants in rent stabilized units like this you know Mm -hmm. so it's like obviously everyone has a bad landlord or not everyone a lot of people have a bad landlord a lot of people pay too much rent but this was also more specifically the things uh, landlords were doing to they buy uh, buildings with a bunch of rent stabilized units and then force people out in in those units one by one in, in a bunch of different ways so then they could you know um, destabilize the the unit and then raise the rent. Um, but thankfully that uh, changed in 2019. They passed a bunch of new laws. So all rent stabilized units are like forever rent stabilized um, in New York. But um, yeah, so that was sort of like the, the, what we kind of concentrate on the video, you know, uh, that, that aspect of it. Yeah. So I mean, I have to ask you, like, I mean, you're, uh, you're a comedian, obviously. Yes. So I think when you're in those situations, to not, I mean, one, I would be probably a bit scared in some right. of those situations, or I would start laughing or something. So, I mean, I'm not a comedian, so yeah. I just want to know what, like, internally, some of the situations you put yourself in, like when you're going around giving a trophy for the the worst sure. landlord. Uh, how were you able to uh, pull that off so well? I guess I should ask. Well, it's like so. A, a few people have asked me that. And it's like, so I directed these and I edit them. And so there's 
just a part of my brain that's like trying to get the shot or, you know, get the bit. So I'm like thinking about a lot of different stuff. And like we had tried so many different things to actually talk to a landlord or track down a landlord. So in the situations that we did, I was just like, we got to get this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like just hoping that we're getting it. And there's almost not even... I guess maybe because my brain's so occupied with making sure we're getting everything, there isn't time to like really sort of get nervous about it or whatever and just make sure we get the footage. You know what I'm saying? But um, like in the one situation where we showed up at the office of of, um, some landlords and they were like, you know, freaking out, threatening to call the cops and stuff. Like afterwards, after we got it, I was like to Chris and Nick Libby, I was like, I think we got some good stuff, right? And they were like, uh, like their nerves were shot. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and I, I like didn't even really have time to think of it. I was just like, we gave them the truck. We got to give them the, um, you know, the uh, the the plaque that we gave them that to congratulate them for making the worst landlords list. Uh, we put up the uh, the the um, interview notice that looks like an eviction notice. I was like, we got those bits. That's what we wanted to do. And you know, we also. Um, I mean, we also went there 100% fully. It was like, let's sit down and, and talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would have been better if we had gotten the actual interview. When that when it was clear that that wasn't happening, I was like, okay, trophy. Get that check. Eviction. You know what I'm saying? Like, just wanting to get those things because it's, uh, uh, you know, like when we talked to Letitia James, she's now the attorney general um, at uh, for New York State. Uh, at the time, she was the city advocate who they're the ones who put out the list every year. And so she was talking about how like, you know, shame works in the sense that putting out a list, no landlord wants to be on a list of like the worst landlords. You know what I'm saying? So that's what they do is like, okay, if you want to get off the list, get your act together. You know what I'm saying? Do what you need to do to get off that list. And so we sort of took that to, to another level and, and in a lot of ways, it was sort of like doing what they do to tenants to them. You know, like a lot of landlords will just put up a sign that says it's an eviction notice, but it's not official. Sometimes people don't know. They don't know their rights. They get scared and they think they have to leave when it's it's it, it actually to go through the housing court system can take a long time. It can take a few months. It can take longer. Um, but they'll just so we're just like, let's put up a sign. You know, we also originally we wanted to do something like go to their offices with like speakers and play construction noise too loud. <laughs> kind of like what you went through because that's a thing that they do is to force people out. So we're just like, okay, you're going to do it on your tents. We're going to do it on you. And, um, you know, so that was sort of like with that, or also there's a, um, there's a scene where we go, we sneak into a landlord's convention and there's like a big, there's a bunch of like seminars with like Q and A's and stuff. So like I stood up in front of a room of like, I don't know, a hundred or 200 people. And it was just like, tap, 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 is this thing on? <laughs> and, and we didn't, we couldn't shoot on our regular sort of like 4k high quality, you know, camera. Um, we just, my, my camera guy like filmed it on his phone, but he was just like, he's just like wanted to jump out of his skin. You know what I'm saying? And so again, I was a little nervous, but it was just like, let's just do this and get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, just get the shot. And and I really wanted to do that. I was like, what would I ask 
um, a, a, a convention full of landlords. And of course, not every landlord's bad. Who the heck knows? You know what I'm saying? But sure. in terms of like, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, we wanted to address and shine a light on is like, is, is, is landlords want, they, they treat housing like it's a commodity, you know, like, oh, it's not just like buying something, a building and taking care of it and collecting rent. It's like, how can they get the most rent? Mm -hmm. How can they, you know, maximize their profits? And it's like, housing shouldn't be treated that way. If you want to maximize your profits, you know, I don't go to the stock market or whatever the heck people do. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, yeah. Well, just the I, lingo when they're like, make three, threes to fours, fours to fives. Like I was like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, this is where people live. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, they're, and they're sort of, when they're talking about that, they're talking probably about kids, you know, people in college and stuff like that. But um, so, you know, you know, younger people are more transient. They can live with a bunch of roommates and stuff like that, but they, they're not trying to rent to families, you know, working families, families born and raised in New York, who this is their home. They're like, oh no, let's push out the families and get the college kids in. We can just like cycle it out, you know, one after the other, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's not a stable, affordable housing for average New Yorkers, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm kind of curious because I, I was going on, on your website and seeing you have, you know, a bunch of great videos on there. I, I'm just curious of your, of your background and how you've, um, you know, kind of, right. kind of came to being definitely coming into comedy, but filmmaking as well. And how, like, where are you from? Right. How did, uh, your interests get to where you are today? Yeah. So, well, I grew up in LA. I'm from LA. Um, and, but I've been in New York for about 15 years or something. Um, but um, I, yeah, I always wanted to, to, to do comedy since I was pretty young. I think before I could, you know, articulate it, uh, I was like, you know, uh, the, you know, wanted to be funny, was a class clown and stuff like that or whatever, and, and started doing improv in high school. Um, and then um, uh, I, did improv throughout college and then after college I went to clown school um and obviously clown I'm not like you know putting on a makeup birthday party clown whatever um it's more like physical comedy um and there's sort of a, a, a tradition of it there's a whole that's a whole I could talk you could do another podcast all about clown <laughs> but um well I will say this real quick so, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He went to, he went to a school called Ecole Philippe Goyer and he worked with a guy named uh, Jacques Lecoq. And so they teach a lot of those things. It's sort of a clowning school, but they teach clowning and, and like melodrama and they, and a bunch of other things. And also something called Buffon. Buffon and clowning are sort of like two ends of, of, of the spectrum. Like mm -hmm. a clown is like, is vulnerable. And the joke is on him, right? Or her. Mm -hmm. The joke is on the clown. Um, and a Buffon is invulnerable and the joke is always on the audience. And it sort of comes from like medieval uh, festivals where like all the people, all the outcasts of the society uh, were for a day where the order was reversed and they were given the power and they would perform and stuff. But what they would do is they would mock the clergy, the aristocracy, and sort of show the hypocrisy and all the like ruling elites or whatever. Mm -hmm, right. So Buffon in the sort of like 20th century 
uh, uh, incarnation. I think it was uh, uh, started by Lecoq or at least popularized the sort of like current form of it. It's like the Buffon is like grotesque and, um, you know, you, you change your body shape and stuff. And when you come out, you're like, you're making the audience uh, hopefully, ideally their hypocrisies or making them feel uncomfortable and getting them out of their comfort zone. So that's what Sasha Baron Cohen does in his stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He He's brilliant at getting people to sort of reveal all these sort of awful beliefs and stuff they have. I think for me in my videos, I'm a little bit more of a clown in the sense that like the joke is hopefully on me or I'm sort of the brunt of it. Like mm-hmm. if I can help it, I want to punch up to the the people with, you know, more power or, you know, money or whatever, the ones in charge. Um, so the joke is, if not on me, then it's on them. But, you know, not the, the obviously, you know, uh, or, you know, like people without power and stuff, you don't want to make them, you don't want to put the joke on them sure. mm-hmm. type of thing. So that's sort of how clowning fits into that. Interesting. Long story yeah. short. No, no, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. But um, I guess so w- w- with filmmaking or whatever, uh, I also had, you know, wanted to make films for, you know, since I was a kid. Or, um, and um, I started making short documentaries a few years ago, just like on different subjects. And then um, at a certain point, I just sort of combining, started combining the two, mm-hmm. just sort of being an on camera host and um, trying to get in you know, physical comedy when I can and, and whatever sort of comedy, but exploring a real issue at the same time. So that's right. sort of how the two kind of came together, basically. Okay, very cool. Uh, yeah. So I, you filmed this before 2019? Um, yeah, we started, we started in 2018. The list is, it came out in 2018, but it's the worst landlords in the, you know, two, for the year 2017. Um, but we started in 2018, um, and then we we worked on it on and off for the past three years. You know, following different leads, um, getting sidetracked with other projects, and it took uh, a long time to to the edit. We had so much footage and stuff, and really finding the story and having it sort of flow in three episodes. We also we did get a cease and desist letter from the people we showed up at which is i i think it's totally spurious you know like we didn't do anything illegal or whatever they just wanted to scare us but we did kind of have to like get lawyers and stuff just to be safe Mm -hmm. you know um so so that also sort of um slowed down uh the release date or pushed back the release date yeah right um so were you working on it i mean we hit the pandemic about a year ago now a little you know yeah a year we most of the filming we had finished before the pandemic and we were editing during the pandemic, but we did we filmed a little bit um during the pandemic because obviously now it's like there's this whole new crisis that's going to happen. I mean, there's like there's something like a, a million over a million people in New York uh are behind on rent. I forget what the number is nationally, but it's like something like 16 million. It's it's just like, you know, people don't have their jobs. And even though there's an eviction moratorium, people can't get evicted. Once that moratorium lifts, people, you know, oh. millions of people own like billions of dollars in back rent. So it's like, there could be this like massive homeless problem 
in New York and other parts of the country, which is not good for anybody, you know, yeah. obviously, least of which the people who, who are going to lose their home. But it's mm -hmm. just like that could, you know, the reverberations of that could, you know, hit every different part of, you know, society. But um, so we wanted to sort of address that at the end of the third episode, but the bulk of it deals with before the pandemic. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't really given that much thought. That's, that's a bit terrifying. <laughs> the, what, what is to yeah. come? I mean, very, very scary. Cause I mean, I'm not, I'm not one to complain about free money, but no, these, uh, you know, these, these stimulus checks, like they, they can, no. they can't really do their drop in the bucket. No, it's nothing. I mean, there, there, there really has to be because because like, I mean, to the landlord's credit, they still have to pay their property taxes, their mortgage, their utilities. Something just... Now, if there is a positive, they do have to test. Is that you? <laughs> oh, that's so. my radio. I'm like, I'm literally all my shit is in boxes. I'm like, just moved in. that's my radio that just turned on just out of nowhere. Click. I'll be right back. Okay, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> country getting the new funding announced today you know i had this radio that's anyways <laughs> sorry no problem okay um what was i talking about oh um, just the, like oh. the landlords continuing yeah. to have to pay on their yeah, end so it's just yeah i mean it's just like uh you know no one's been able to work it, it's a it's a it's a it's a really obvious crazy situation for everybody but there has to be some sort of like money from the federal or the state government just to help everyone out you know sure yeah anyways yeah um yeah well to be continued we'll see we'll see how that yeah, all yeah, plays sure, out yeah, yeah another yeah. Do another documentary right there no yeah totally um, yeah so you you you're from la you you yes. came to new york about 15 years ago what brought you um i mean a huge comedy scene in los angeles what brought you right. to new york to kind of focus in on uh, well, I went to college in the Bay Area, so I was there for like five or six years. Um, I went to college, then I did. I went to clown school in San Francisco, um, and so I, I wanted to, uh, you know, San, Fran San Francisco um, is. I just, I mean, look, so sorry. I just always kind of wanted to move to New York, to be honest. But you know, I had. Uh, been in San Francisco and yeah like you know you can't do there, there was a stand-up scene there at the time but I wasn't really doing stand-up so it is sort of like you go to LA or New York uh, I really like LA but since I had grown up there and partly because I wanted to go to New York I just decided to go to New York um, and so yeah just just moved out here basically yeah great do you do stand-up yeah. um, as I well as improv I used to. I used to do stand up. I don't really do it anymore. Um, but I did it for a while. I mean, the thing about stand up is stand up is obviously really hard. And you kind of have to do it like um, that. That kind of is sort of your only thing. You got to do it every night, like a few times. And mm -hmm. it's you can't like that has to be your one thing. You know what I'm saying? And right. so I'm, I just get distracted and I go off on different things. And and then so at a certain point, then you have to like keep doing it. Then your material doesn't work anymore. And you just have to do it for 10 years. You have to do it every night for like 10 years before you're decent. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And so I, I sort of got sidetracked for in a lot of different, for a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it like something Seinfeld said about how your, your age and like how many years you've been doing stand up is like your age. So if you're, yeah, <laughs> if you're 10, totally like a 10 year old, he still is like, you know, clueless in a lot of ways, but you're, you're getting there. Exactly. That's what I haven't heard that exact quote, but yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just like, it takes you, 
it takes you a year or two to figure out what an actual joke really is. You know, there are things you say in real life that you think are funny and then that you get a laugh with your friends, or whatever you go on stage and it's nothing. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, this is the, this is the, the, the premise. And then this is your kind of funny it, stating the premise in a funny way in real life. That'll get a laugh. But on stage, people be like, okay, then what you have to like have the twist that no one else is thinking of. And that's just doing it over and over until your brain starts to find out what, what those jokes are. Right. And you just gotta keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious, like who I'm always like, I always like to ask people like what, who are their influences or, or uh, like, who did they like um, growing right. up that kind of had a lasting impression on like, Oh, I want to do something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone, anyone that comes to mind right off the bat? Um, I guess let's see. Like, so well, growing up, uh, my dad, my dad was a huge film buff. He watched like, uh, he was really into classic American film. We watched a lot of film noirs, but we watched a lot of like the Marx Brothers. We watched all their movies. Um, when I was really young with my friend, we watched the Three Stooges. Um, yeah, I got a box uh, set. Really. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Um, and uh, Laurel and Hardy, I watched that with my dad. Um, and then sort of in high school, I, I was obsessed with Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I've always been into physical comedy. So I was in in in, in high school. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, w- wanted to. I was inspired a lot by Jim Carrey. Um, and then sort of like going into college and stuff, I got really into it always sounds so snobby, but I got into like Chaplin and silent films. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I went to clown school because Chaplin, he, to me, I, he's honestly funny. Mm-hmm. You'll sit down and watch almost any Chaplin film and you'll laugh out loud. Buster Keaton. I think I really enjoy and love Buster Keaton. I won't laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Chaplin, I think is funny. Um, so, you know, and, and I, I, what I liked about him is that he was funny, but he's also making very good films, you know, like um so it was like he had the comedy and the pathos and he was making you know he was one of the first you know he was making making cinema uh one of the first people who were like you know making feature-length films and all that stuff but um uh in terms of and in terms of film i mean i think when i was 13 i saw um clockwork orange and then so (laughs) yeah i know which is like but it's funny that like all like you don't really th- now that I look at it, I'm like oh wow yeah that's got a lot of fucked up stuff in it but I mean I knew it then too but sure, you know sure. but um that I think that was the first time where I was like who made this right yeah. I remember I I saw it when I was like 17 18 and I'm like they're allowed to make movies like this <laughs> right no seriously totally it, it was yeah uh but but it was the first time where I was like I was like who is the person who created this thing and like, how did they do that? And then, so that's how I sort of started um, thinking about like, you know, directors and how they, you know, put their vision into a movie or whatever there, you know? So, um, and then from, from there started, you know, watching more films and stuff in terms of, I need to, at some point I need to like sit down and write down like, my influences because i know that this is a thing that people ask ask, yeah and and like i i I, like i always afterwards i'm like oh this this and that um so i i need to do that but like um 
those were sort of like the the big ones uh when i was when i was younger um and, and the, yeah i mean there's so many other things i don't know uh uh which would I, I don't know i, I really like as a filmmaker, I like Jean-Pierre Junet. I like his, mm. uh, like Amelie and all those films. Sure, yeah. uh, um, but, um, and, and obviously, um, Larry David, uh, is, um, he, he's uh, one of those people where it's like, he's just funny, you know, mm. it's not necessarily, uh, he's saying funny jokes, but just who and what he is, is funny. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. And I, I mean, thinking of Chaplin, I mean, you can't, I mean, honestly, that's all you need for <laughs> the answer for who are your influences because you, you can't beat him. I teach, yeah. a, I teach a history through film class to high school yeah. kids. Okay. And um, we just, I, I show them the Robert Downey Jr. Chaplin yeah. every, every time. And, you know, that has its issues, but that like introduces mm -hmm. them to Chaplin. And, and then we watch Modern Times. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool because um, I, I test out different films every year i'll add like a, a one here one there like oh that did not that did not fly well with the teens at uh for sure yeah at a modern times always like they're off their phones they're not they're not tempted to look at their phones they're watching modern times interesting not, not bad for a you know film that's pushing a hundred years so no, that's, total. that's amazing that Chaplin. i mean he yeah he stood the test of time for sure yeah and modern times modern times has one of my favorite gags ever um is is the scene where you know the the red flag falls off the back of the truck yeah and he picks it up and he's like waving and he's like you forgot your flag and then the 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 the, the crowd of like the socialist agitators comes behind him and he gets i love that guy but also that's the perfect combination of like comedy and politics yeah um and but it's also at that time you know chaplin was everyone in the 30s was like um there was a pressure on artists to be political or to like take a stand one way or another, mm -hmm. obviously because of the depression and everything going on. And I think he was sort of hesitant um, to, to do that at first because uh, you know, for whatever reasons and that, that sort of like illustrates his hesitancy. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm just picking this flag up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I didn't know it was a socialist com or a communist flag or whatever. Um, but yeah, and, but and just you know, modern times like the politics of that, like you know, the alienation of factory worker, and then literally getting caught in the cogs of the machine is or the this is such a funny bit with the you know on the conveyor belt like the bolts going faster and faster, um, and, and then and then going through the 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 bolts of the machine. That's also just a beautiful image, you know. So it's like comedy politics, and then also you know, beautiful cinematic images. Right. No, it's like, it's just, a, it's so amazing how like that, like that film, I have all levels of students in that class. So I have, you know, you have your, your higher level AP kids and then you have kids who, you know, I have a, I have a lot of special ed students that take the class too, because I work with their teacher. And mm -hmm. so you have, you have this wide variety of spectrum right. of students and they like, they all respond to it, but on different levels. So you can, I mean, Totally. It's, it's incredible. It's so exactly. rare to see that. It's so cool. No. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great film like that where it's like, you know, kids can watch it and laugh at one thing and adults can watch it and laugh at another thing. And yeah, it, like you said, it has something for everyone to latch onto and, and uh, you know, uh, it resonates with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. No, I love that's That's great. I mean, big fan of all those people that you mentioned. Those, totally. are, those are excellent people. Nice. Um, nice. 
let's see what so pan, let's talk pandemic pandemic yeah. for a bit uh sure. how i'm just curious about your experience how it's gone so, i mean you're right in the thick of it in new york city yeah um, yeah how how did it go when it first came you know happen and how are you doing now yeah um it so yeah when it first happened um uh it like i, I was doing um well basically it, it was I mean, I was lucky in in the sense that like the place I lived before here, I had like four roommates. We had a big space uh, and, you know, with the theater and stuff. And so quarantining when it was, you know, at the height, it wasn't like um, I had a sort of very small little community or pod of people. Um, so I was very lucky in that sense of just being able to like, you know, uh, shelter at home with uh with a group of friends um so in that sense it was good but yeah i mean it's still even now in manhattan it's like parts of the city are just so empty it's like a ghost town you know mm -hmm. um but uh i had friends who lived near closer to hospitals and they were saying it was just the sirens were non-stop oh, at the height wow. which was insane um but yeah it's crazy that it's been a year um, I think, I mean, again, I, I, I was lucky in the sense that I could just have a, 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 a good place to hunker down in. Um, I think once summer came around and then all the, um, George, uh, Floyd, you know, BLM protests happened, I got really active and involved with that. Um, and so, um, it, it's like, um, it, it's, it was, there was, I think that there was a lot of really beautiful things that happened that summer, aside from all of the tragedy, mm -hmm. all the people that died. And of course, you know, uh, you know, the murder of George Floyd and, and, and every other, you know, person of color by the police. Um, but like, it was like, <laughs> once the weather started getting nice and everyone had been stuck in their apartments, it's just like every, every summer, I, you know, it's like, you know how it is. When, when the weather's nice, everyone just floods out of their house and it's just like, oh, we're outside. And so I think it was um, particularly like that. It, it, that was, it was much more so that, that summer. And um, um, it, it was like the, you, like you would, there was just like a protest every freaking day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And huge protests. You go to one protest, leave that and then see another one coming, you know? Yeah. And um and so there was just moments where like you'd be pro going down, you know, you'd be in a big protest going down a sort of residential block and then people would come out banging their pots and pans because they had been doing that for the essential workers. And then like <clears throat> someone from the window would like lead a chant and then like everyone in the crowd would respond because like, you, you know, that person in the window was probably at some other protest either mm -hmm. that day or another day. So there was, um, there there was a lot of that was I, I i was really inspired by a lot of that you know um but obviously that is from from my very sort of you know privileged position in a lot of ways mm -hmm. but um uh so that that was the summer and now it's i think things are starting slowly to get back to normal i mean obviously people are itching to to get out but i think most people are still being cautious to you know not 
screw, you know, like if you were to make it this far and get COVID, that would be pretty awful. I mean, it's awful to get it anytime. Um, but yeah, it was definitely surreal. I mean, there was, I went to one protest and, um, in the city and that was when de Blasio made a curfew, which was so stupid. I don't know why he did that. (laughs) Um, there was like one night of, of looting in Soho Mm -hmm. and, and, and Soho is a, is a mall. It's a freaking mall. And look, I'm not for looting, but I understand it. I don't loot myself. I, I think it's awful to loot, you know, independent businesses and stuff like that. But it's like Soho it, it has every regular person has been priced out of that neighborhood. And I, I, I can already feel myself but getting in trouble here. And of course, <laughs> looting is wrong. But it's just an expensive fucking mall. Like, you know they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be okay. They'll, they'll be, be fine. Okay. Yeah. They'll be fine. You know? <laughs> So, but, so that's, everyone's like, oh, violence, violence, violence. Anyways, that, I mean, anyways, um, what was I going to say though? There was, yeah, it was one night I, I peeled off from, a, um, a lot of the protests also were on bikes, which was sort of an interesting thing. All of a sudden, like you just see everyone, there was protests just for people on bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was doing a lot of that, but there's one thing where I sort of peeled off from, from the March and I uh, was in the city and I went uptown and it was just no one was there in anywhere of Manhattan. Like it was just, it was homeless people. Uh, you know, there was a lot of homeless people still obviously in the city where, with no place to go. You'd see like one person, like maybe walking their dog or something like that. And then just nothing else. Um, and then I went into, I just was going uptown and I went into Times Square and there was hundreds of cops. Um, like behind the barricades or whatever, because I think there had been a protest there earlier <laughs> or they were just stationing there. But I'm, I'm riding my bike on 42nd Street um, with, uh, you know, a Black Lives Matter sign on my bike after curfew. And there's like hundreds of cops. So I'm not supposed to be outside. And obviously I, I, I don't, you know, Black Lives Matter should not be... Uh, like a, a cop should see that and be like, yes, of course they do. But as it is, most most cops see that as an attack on them. So when I'm right riding past all of all of these cops, I was like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't be out after curfew <laughs> on my bike. This is Black Lives Matter in front of 200 cops. No one really said anything except one person was just like, go home. Like one cop, <laughs> and so I got out of there. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is weird how that, how it's been. It's been a year, so it's like it's you know times collapsed in on itself, where it seems like it's been forever, but it's been no totally. time at all. It's like basically, yeah, it's it's bizarre. I had a birthday on March fifteenth, so oh, right wow. right when it hit, you know, last year, and then it's like, boom. oh my god! So I was like, I lost uh, the last year of my thirties. I lost. Oh and shit! That <laughs> sucks. Hey, what do you do? Yeah. Well, that's, at least you got the, that's great. You got the vaccine. That's, oh, that's good. I'm you know? Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I did have a question. So, so yes. uh, New York's worst landlords come is released widely uh, next week on the 25th. And my, is that correct? Sorry, we push it. It's April 8th. April 8th. Okay, great. April so 8th. I'm just curious, uh, where can people. It's going to be, this? it's going to be on, it's going to be on my YouTube, just youtube.com backslash Jeff Seal. Uh, it'll be up on there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Excellent. Um, it was going to come out on the 25th, but we had to push it back because the lawyers helping us get the uh, insurance for it. One, a bunch of them were based in Texas. And so they were there for the, the freeze or whatever. And so they just um, obviously were dealing with that. And so we had to push back the release uh, uh, like a week or two. Anyways, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then, so I am also curious, like with, uh, and you clearly got pushed back making making it did that continue that once people found out oh did they just think you were just a nut who was going around with a camera or was like oh this is actually going to be a thing professionally done and put out for you know a lot of people to see i i don't know that's something i think about a lot um i don't there's there's some landlords that might wake up to a google alert um so um they because it was so long ago i think a lot of them are like whoo (laughs) all right that nut didn't make it um but um yeah it's still coming out uh so we'll see um we'll see how they uh how they react to that i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) hopefully they won't sue us i don't know but i mean it's like we yeah yeah they they have no case you know we didn't lie there's the first amendment there's nothing we're doing illegal if they were to sue us it would just be to uh give us lawyer fees and stuff like that. And they wouldn't get anything out of it other than bad publicity. But I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. My two guys, Nick and Chris Libby are like, don't jinx it. We don't want to get, you know, like I don't, we're, we're hopefully we won't. I don't want to get sued. I don't want to get sued. Any landlords watching this, please don't sue us. You don't have a case. You're going to lose a lot of money, but I'm not asking for it. Just everyone. Let's just, Wash our hands and move on. Be a better <laughs> landlord. And we'll make another goddamn video about you. Very simple. Yeah. Be a better landlord. Be a better freaking landlord. That's yeah. You want. Uh, I love the um, like the telethon yes. scenes. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut in, like the people that you had on there. Very, <laughs> very real people. Yes. Uh, where did yeah. you find those folks? They were perfect. They were so funny. They were um, the two guys at the beginning um, were were friends with. Uh, the Libby's, uh, Chris and Nick Libby. So I didn't really know them before that. My friends had shown up a little bit later, um, but they they were hilarious because they did that perfect. When you want someone, it's the same thing on stage when you pull up a volunteer, you want someone who's comfortable but natural. Like if someone starts trying to be funny, it's, it just kills it for everybody. You just want someone who's like, oh, gee, what am I doing up here? And they were, so they, they, were perfect at like just being normal and like letting me sort of give them guff or whatever, but they were, they were very funny. Yeah. 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 One of them, Rajiv uh, Fernandez, he actually is a comedian uh, um, and he's really funny, but he was able, so he was, but he was able to play it um, like very real or whatever. So it, it, yeah. Yeah. I was impressed with the, with the tenants too, like that you had so many, great people willing to speak to you where it was that a bit of a surprise or did you just keep pushing for that They're, no they were great i mean the, i mean the unfortunate thing is, is if you knock on a building uh owned by these landlords there's a lot of people that are like oh yeah you want a story and, and had these awful experiences um so that's you know that's uh, in an ideal world they'd be like no he's great things are fine you know get away but like the, the the people, yeah, they were um, – I was just very 
we were like very happy that they were willing to talk to us and like share their story. And, and, and our hope is to, um, you know, take that, treat it respectfully and, and, um, to, to help their story, uh, you know, make changes so other people don't have to deal with the same stuff, you know? Um, but, and, and, and yeah, a lot of them, uh, were, were also, you know, they're, personalities they're great so when we're just like talking with each other they're they're also very funny um mm. yeah yeah but it, it it was just just knocking on doors and talking to people yeah yeah no it, it, yeah it was great i mean that was like to, to me like the, the best part of just seeing totally. like w that's what the 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 documentary is it's seeing the horrible conditions that these these people have to live through and you know right. they're, they're, encouragingly there's like you know things that they were able to do so people will have yeah, to have to watch for sure. and, and and see what happens because it's it's pretty cool what uh, exactly how it ends yeah, up yeah. great um are you working on anything else right now i mean I, I that's probably an annoying question but i i love the stuff so i want to yeah. i want to see more and keep an eye out for anything new coming yeah from, from you hey yeah well we uh, there's actually two other episodes uh, we got so much stuff and so i am once this comes out, I have two other episodes that are close to being done that we're going to finish and then release those that are sort of like, they didn't really, we had a sort of an arc with the three episodes and then we have some stuff where we went to housing court and then we followed a guy around uh, with his house and, and got some good stories in there. So I definitely also want to get that out um, at that. And then um, we talked to a guy who's uh, an eviction specialist who is that's you just it's just our conversation which just kind of got bonkers or whatever but um so those two things um then um i i, I don't know if you saw the video i did about train hopping mm -hmm. uh it, it's on my if you go to my youtube it's the first video that comes up I, I did a video about hopping freight trains and so i i i did another video that i shot but i haven't edited it yet so once I'm done with all these, then I'll probably go in and edit uh, that one and, and put that out. Uh, so those are the the sort of next the next uh, videos lined up. Yeah, excellent. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I, I think we did a good job <laughs> with this yeah. conversation. So I'm yeah. happy with it. Um, cool, cool, cool. And, and and this comes out. New York's worst landlords comes out April eighth. Okay. April eighth. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So people, if you're listening to this right now, this will be um, released on the 8th and you'd be able to click the links below to nice. um, w watch this. I, I definitely encourage it. I mean, just like with, with Chaplin, I was laughing out loud. I watched this by myself and I was laughing out loud. So that's oh, cool. that's a good sign when you're laughing when you're by yourself. Right, right, right. Oh, one last thing real quick with Chaplin sure. while we're on the subject. Yes. Uh, Chaplin's whole thing, I said this a little before. He had the comedy and the pathos. You know, his whole thing is like, you'll laugh and maybe maybe you'll cry. So I think with this video, what we really wanted to do was strike that balance of we've got the comedy and the set pieces, um, but we also really wanted to get the pathos of the tenants. So we, we, it was a balancing act that we were really careful about and, and to have the comedy. Not, of course, it goes without saying, but never to be at the expense of the tenants. And so to couch this like huge problem that a lot of people have to deal with in a sort of entertaining and at times funny way to um, to to bring in hopefully a wider audience to you know bring uh, some of these issues to light or whatever. 
Yeah, I think it was done like masterfully. So like, yeah, it was the balance of both. It was funny, but it was also it had that element of of the pathos. So it was, yeah, just just an incredible job. And I can't wait to share it with with as many people as I can. So awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for making it. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, great. So uh, Jeff Steele, New York's Worst Landlords, April 8th. It's going to be available. Um, for a you know wide audience, definitely check it out. And Jeff, uh, I really, I'm, I'm dead serious. I want to have you on again and talk about clown school. Yeah, that would be that would be a blast. Clowning and mime. That's another thing. I could talk yeah. a long time about miming. So just let me know. I we'll yeah. I, I'm gonna reach out down the line, yeah. and that's something I need an education on. So I, I right, right, right. Yeah. You think you do? I don't know. Wait till after you hear it. You might not. It's possible you might not. I will tell you. But you're gonna have to let me know when your ears start bleeding. I will no, because when okay. when I was in, you know, we're gonna wrap it up here. But when I was in second yeah. grade, we came to mm. school. Uh, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I dressed up like a clown. Nice. So I had I had that seed. I never, sure. I, you know, I never pursued it. So totally. I want to see what I missed out on. Cool, cool, cool. Totally awesome. Right. Well, thanks, Jeff. Cool man. Uh, it was great yeah. talking with you. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks, man. I appreciate okay. it. Well, uh, we'll keep in touch. Okay. Cool. All right, later, dude. Thank you. Bye. Bye.